it's time to record a show, uh, Couchcast. I'm Frank, it, it, and and joining me is Tyler. It, it, this show's not called the Couchcast. This is a PlayStation report, um, but we're recording on my couch. Yes. That, how, how does it feel to be on my couch? New change of scenery. I, I don't mind at all. It feels fine. feels laid back. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you just kind of want to sink in. Yeah. Um, you might hear my cats. Uh, they are currently disturbed that there is another person in my house, or my apartment, rather, that is not me. Um, they aren't <laughs> used to this. No. They look at me like I am an insane man. They and don't know what to do. You know do. what? Maybe they're right. Maybe. Maybe. What's up, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> so uh if you, you might you might notice some interruptions because of the animals in the house. And I'm not just talking about much long. Uh <laughs> but yeah, we're 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 here to do a show. We're here to do a show. Um I guess we can just do race talk. We can do race talk. Sure. Let's talk about the race that happened this morning. Woke up to a wet turkey breakfast. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Um, It was wet last year in Turkey. It was. Um, And if you remember that race last year, Valtteri Botas spun like three or four times. I think they said five times in the broadcast. Wow. (laughs) Different story today. Yeah. Yeah, he crushed it. Yeah, he crushed it. Uh, I didn't really watch qualifying or practice because, you know, it's one of those... One of those races where it's like really, it's kind of early. It's kind of too early to wake up on a weekend to watch qualifying. Um, but yeah, it's. I enjoyed that race. I will. I will say, it was very interesting to see what was happening to the tires. Yeah, I mean, it it was a weird race ultimately because. It was mostly about tire management, so there you couldn't really like push like normal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just bizarre. I felt like there were just two drivers that passed people today, being Lewis Hamilton and Carlos Sainz. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. I mean, that battle between Sergio Perez and Hamilton that was really exciting to watch. Yeah, um, and. Like, really exciting so. to hear talk between the pit wall and the drivers, like, yeah. trying to figure out what's going on with the track. Um, because it wasn't really visibly evident that, like, it it was continually raining or anything. Right. Um, but the track just refused to dry out. Right. Yeah, it was, it was in a weird spot, you know, because it wasn't drying out, but it was... Not dry enough to put on slick tires, you know. They're but normal also race a tires. little bit too dry for the enters because they were exactly. overheating. Exactly um, to the point where, like, you'd notice that there was there was a section like in everyone's stint on those inter- intermediate tires where it was the tire was absolute shit. Yeah. Um, but then that wore off, and like it became kind of like a hybrid between slicks, even between slicks and inners, like kind of kind of a balding out of the tire actually improved the performance right yeah that was very what would you make of uh mercedes uh strategy with hamilton 
Look, at I, the end. I have a source <laughs> that says he should have stayed out. That source is the winningest driver in F1 history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe listen to him. Yeah. I, I feel like they were they were caught in a in a tough spot because he was losing a lot of time to Leclerc who pit I think he lost like over two seconds in two laps and who knows I mean because Charles Leclerc they, he had to he was going to have to go through that weird spot where he was going to lose time which could have held off Hamilton or you know ha- Hamilton could have held him off a little bit more I don't know. It was tricky because he was losing a lot of time, but then if he pit, then he had to go through that weird stage and there wasn't enough time left to really make up anything. Yeah. I don't know. I think in hindsight, they probably just should have pitted when everybody else pit and then then let Lewis trust Lewis to be able to make make up that ground then rather than leaving him in a spot where he doesn't have the opportunity because of the way yeah. the tires were working because he he by far had the best car all weekend i mean he was he was so fast and i when that race started i'm like i, I felt i was like he's gonna win this race like he is charging through the field so so quickly um and then you know just kind of hit a wall of tire management kind of like everybody did but um yeah kind of a interesting strategy and in a season where every single point counts, you know, who knows with 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 this race, you know, maybe it comes down to, to this race yeah, where they could have gained more points. I mean, it who absolutely knows? could. Who knows? It's still just so, so tight between them and Red Bull. Yeah, like, I mean, I think they mentioned it on commentary, but like ne- next race is Austin, right? Yep. And if Hamilton wins and Verstappen comes second with the fastest lap, they're tied on points. They're tied on points. But what's going to be really interesting is if Red Bull gets the best of Mercedes at at Austin, then it might start to look good for Red Bull because then we're going to Mexico and Brazil where Red Bull have been really strong in the past and those tracks really suit Red Bull's car and Max very well because he's won there multiple times. So I don't know, man. I think Austin's going to be a super critical race. But then we also just don't know because Saudi Arabia is new and then Qatar is new. Come down the stretch too. So, man, only six races left. I can't believe it. Yeah, I I have a feeling this is going to come down to the last race. Oh, yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. I'll I'll be shocked if either one of them clinch the championship before Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I really will. Um last thing I'll say though, that Red Bull livery that they had this weekend, hot. Yeah, yeah, I Dude. I I wish their car looked like that every weekend. I loved it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. It's supposed to be run of course with the Japanese Grand Prix, but that unfortunately is not happening. So they did it this weekend in, in Turkey. Yeah, I, I think I think it looks good. I think um, we don't really have like a a popping white livery on the, on the no. grid anymore. So. No, definitely not. I mean, 
the Haas. Man. Ooh. Rough. 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 Super rough, man. Um, no. <laughs> they're not even racing anymore. No, they're not. They're they're definitely not. They're, they're just a track hazard. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um Yeah. Let's let's I I hope just for the sanity of that team that their 2022 car is at least competitive. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they've they thrown this season out, understandably, but, my gosh, <laughs> they're so far off the pace. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's... It's a... Yeah. I, I feel like not even, like, three year, like two or three years ago, they were sol- solidly in the mid-pack. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And like, they they have, I feel like they've collapsed even worse than Williams has. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, oh, well. We, we we still have a few more races to go. Uh, so, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I am curious to see how that 2022 car looks. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And how, for sure. more importantly, how it races. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Um, I guess we can talk about video games. Yeah. Do you want to talk about video games? I do. I um, like video games. Tyler, how far did you get into your next F1 2021 season? <laughs> uh, I'm just... I'm sick. You Man. are. I... It's all I've played this week. <laughs> and here here's here's the thing. Uh I am very much enjoying I love this game, obviously. Um but being in the second season, I have some banger upgrades in my car now, and I'm just fucking crushing it. Going back to certain tracks that uh maybe I wasn't as competitive with, so that's been a lot of fun. My next race is hungry. So, I'm plowing through the season. Um, what I'm going to do is, like I said, I'm going to get to Abu Dhabi, but stop. And I'm not going to finish that. But I'm trying to just plow through this because I know, I know, there's a lot of new video games out and I need to play them. <laughs> yes, you do. So I've told you a couple of games to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have a whole list. So I'm plowing through this. And then what I'm going to try to do is just go one by one with these games on my list and just focus on this one, focus on that one. Because I'm kind of kind of a little tired in my brain of just playing so many different things at once. And I just want to stay focused on something until I finish it. Um, so that's going to be my plan, you know, until the rest of the year, until I get my list down a little bit more. So I, I think I can get through the rest of the races, hopefully over the next week and be done with F1 for, for a while. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I've done. I am also in that game saving a lot of money because I want to sign an actual like competitive driver for my next season that I'll do eventually. Um, so I'm trying my best to just save money to get like Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen or somebody, see if I can pull them over. Because uh, the second driver that you get, unless you really, really sink a lot of time into them, like they just suck ass. And, they're, and, and it's like... 
having a Haas driver. And they're like always last. They're always way off the pace. Uh, and it just takes a long time if you really want to develop them. So I'm just going to try to try to buy somebody because why not? Hmm. You know, I okay. want to I want to actually be a con- uh, uh, competitive constructor. But I will say this season, the second season, very bizarre because my main competition is Max Verstappen. That's not weird. And Charles Leclerc. Okay. Ferrari is leading the Constructors' Championship. I have scored by myself more points than Mercedes combined. Lewis Hamilton is sixth in my championship, and Valtteri Bottas is eighth. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> wow. It's just the one-season difference. It's just so, so... uh wild um you know com- if you compare that to modern day f1 i don't know this, it's this, it's unimaginable it, this seems me. like some f1 propaganda you know how ferrari's always in bed with 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 f1 and yeah. they, they kind of you know suck each other off a little bit a little bit uh, get 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 wrist slapped for uh breaking fuel flow violations yep. walls and you know, yeah mm. right so it's it's kind of bizarre, but I kind of kind of like that in a way. Okay. You know, just something different. Okay, that's where I'm at. Um, I do think though that I did play some Immortals Phoenix Rising since we spoke last week. So I'll just touch on that briefly because I ran. I basically completed another area and section of the game. So I'm honestly about halfway through it, story wise. Um, I have freed Ares now, so I have two gods freed, and then back at your, the Hall of the Gods that they call it, where you can, uh, that's basically where you upgrade all your stuff, it's almost like your home base, the gods kind of stay there, and they're just these massive kind of figures, uh, at the hall, so uh, that's kind of a cool touch, and so I ran through all that, and, uh, as you complete each god's storyline too you get these things called blessings which are basically kind of like passive sort of buffs in a way so game i feel like has already been kind of easy and it's getting even easier with some of these buffs uh plus i've gotten some some new armor pieces some upgrades some sword upgrades i'm just crushing it so going to try to plow through that game after f1 as well i don't think it'll take me too much longer to finish it um because i was looking at it and i was there's a couple i think i have two or three main quest lines left um just looking at like a walkthrough sort of thing and one of them's two of them are really short i mean who knows how long or involved the quests actually are of course but yeah Video games. Here I am playing old games when all the hot newness is coming out. So, yeah. have you played any hot new video games? I have been playing some hot new video games. I guess I'll start with the hot new video game. I will, I'm not going to say the hot new video game. A hot new video game that came out just this week. 
Um, and it came out for PlayStation Plus subscribers. Hell Let Loose. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. The multiplayer shooter uh, set in World War II across these big battlefields with all all these different, um, I guess, player roles and and uh, communication lines. And inf- it, have you did you play Mag? No, on the PlayStation. No, 3? I did not. No. Okay, this seen gameplay of it, of okay. course. But this is kind of like Mag. Okay, kind of, kind of like that. Um, and you know, I I've played like two or three matches. It is incredibly like heavy milsim kind of kind of territory where like you know how you're used to uh, say in a Call of Duty or Duty or a Battlefield like you get hit markers it pops up when you kill someone and when you kill like multiple people in a row it's like hell yeah you're kicking ass yes. you don't get any of that in this game you don't Ooh. even know if you've killed someone oh wow really like unless you visually unless you can verify it visually you don't know if you've killed someone. Ooh. Um, so that, that, that's, that's a cool thing. Um, I'm generally a little bit lost if I'm being honest, because I don't really have a group of people to play with. Um, so I'm kind of just trying to listen into the comms chatter and figure out what's going on. Um, and trying to go with the flow and try to figure out, like, just trying to learn this game, really. I've, I've stuck pretty much with the basic rifleman class which is just your meat and potatoes basic soldier you get your rifle you get a grenade uh some bandages and a hammer uh to build stuff um it, it is it is a very intense game mm. um suppression is like just the volume of fire going back and forth it is it is it is a war zone, I will say. Um, it, it is very uh, intimidating when you first get in because you're just hearing all sorts of shit popping off. Um, is the time to kill, like, really low? Yeah. Uh, see, it, it's kind of hard to judge that when you don't know when you've killed someone, but, like, yeah, I've noticed that, hey, I took a shot to the head. I'm fucking dead. <laughs> right. there's no there's no debating that i or like if you walk through an open area for too long like and you get shot you you're downed pretty pretty fast right uh so that that that's that's pretty much how i've gained any perspective on time to kill and that is uh dying i die very fast if i do something wrong mm-hmm. um yeah, I'm I'm just generally having a decent time with it. It's it's a cool new multiplayer thing. And I I, I kinda wanna get a group of people together to play it. Yeah, it's it sounds neat. For sure. Um I've also uh played some Sable. Um I'm actually to the point in Sable where I could finish the game if at any point I that I wanted to. So I'm not sure how, how exactly how much I I talked about it last time, but your basic objective is to go out into the world and earn these badges and get three of the same badge to get a mask. And uh, you can once you get a mask, you can basically go back to the 
starting point of the game and end the game there. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready to do that yet, though, because there's a lot of area to explore. It's very easy to get your first mask if mm-hmm. if you really want want to go for it. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot more to explore that I that I want to see, and uh, it, it's just generally a really rad game. Um, just sitting here on the couch chilling every night, just picking a quest and going out and doing it. One of the quests that I did uh, is to... Okay, so maybe there's a theme here. With beetles. Ooh. Um, a lot of innkeepers give you quests about beetles. Uh, the first one I got was, Hey, go collect these these larva husks from these beetles um, because we can use them for stuff. So I did that. And then the next innkeeper I was like, I went to and got a quest from was like, "Hey, I need beetle poop. Ooh. Go get me some beetle poop." <laughs> um, so yeah, there's there's some very light puzzle solving around a lot of this stuff. Uh, it's, none of it's particularly difficult, uh, but I just generally like vibing with the game. It's 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 a really it's got real chill vibes to it. Um, almost like exploring in No Man's Sky. Mm. Gotcha. Um, and in in a way, kind of like just all with it's kind of like Zelda Breath of the Wild without the combat. That's how I describe it. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, having a good time with that. Uh, the other game I've been playing a little bit of was uh, Lost Judgment. Um, just getting further into that drama just these huge reveals just the absolute like most yakuza studio stuff happening in that game and it it's fantastic um just just following in a long line of doing some well-written games uh that are a blast to play through is the mission structure like pretty much the same as a yakuza game like, you know, go here, talk to this person, go investigate this. Maybe it's like more of a dungeon, I say in quotes. You know, there's a bunch of rooms beating up bad dudes. Then you have a boss at the end or something like that. Is um, it, is it so similar only, like that? Your or? only experience with Yakuza is like, yeah. is like a dragon. Right. Um, so that is a very different thing. Okay. Uh, if I were to compare this to like other Yakuza beat 'em up games, um, it is similar to that, but there are uh, other, there are more mechanics uh, related to being a detective. Like you have to do like some scene investigation kind of stuff. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Looking around for clues, uh, using different tools to find stuff. Uh. But yeah, in general, it is very much a lot like those other Yakuza games. Not like a dragon. Like a mm-hmm. dragon is its own thing, and we'll talk more about that later because yeah. it sounds like we're going to get more of that. Right. Um, but yeah, this is very much in the mold of those, of kind of what you traditionally think of as a Yakuza game. Um, yeah, just generally having a good time. Right on. Uh I did not play it, though. 
uh, play this other game because you know you'd have to pay a hundred dollars to play it this week. But I I've watched a few streams of Back for Blood. Oh uh, yeah, that game looks fucking rad. It we does. Should, we should fucking play that together sometime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to see if I can. Let me see if I can find. Because I saw a story. Where, uh, apparently, with Back for Blood, you cannot score achievements, stat tracking, and progression in solo mode. Now, I get it. The game's designed to be co-op. Like, I I 100% understand that. But I found playing Left 4 Dead solo, like, a lot of fun. Still. And so, yes, you can play the game, but literally, like, you won't basically get anything out of it mm. by playing solo. Like, you can't even get trophies, achievements, um, all sorts of stuff. That doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, uses solo decks and creates, created in the Fort Hope deck menu. I guess that's something, like, you can't use those. Maps and objectives will be adjusted. Matchmaking and player invites are disabled. Earning supply points is disabled. Stat tracking is disabled. Earning progress towards achievements is disabled. Mm. I find that to be bizarre. Yeah, that is a little bit weird. Um, and I, I guess if if you planned on playing that type of game solo, that that's something you should take into consideration. But for me personally, I... I'm going to play this. Oh yeah, online. me too. Um, I'm it, me personally for me. I don't get much out of uh, out of these games playing them solo. Uh, for, that that's just a personal thing for me. I enjoy the social experience uh, a lot more than trying to get through those games solo. Uh, and yeah, I it, as long as like matchmaking is fine um, and it's easy to play multiplayer, I. I personally don't find anything um, objectionable for the way that I'm going to play that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was just looking to, does this game have split screen, or is it just... Yeah, okay, Black, Back for Blood does not have split screen co-op. Okay. Um, so, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's, let's play it online, man. Yeah. I assume you're going to get it over Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, me too. if I cannot pay money for a, well, if I cannot pay additional money for a game, yeah, I know I'm subscribing right to Game Pass. Um, then I'm then we're gonna do it that way. Yeah, that's Tuesday too. Like, yeah, woo, yeah. Uh, but that's video games. Uh, that's all of them. No other video games exist. Apparently, Tyler, the only video game in Tyler's world is F one twenty twenty one. Really, really, yeah. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll get to, I'll get to other things very very soon. Okay. All right. So. I'll believe it when yeah. I, when when you actually you know prove it. Right. I know. Fake gamer. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Oh, uh, speaking of fake gamers, let's get right into the news here. We got fake gamers paying for XP boosts. <laughs> All right, I'm not ta- I'm not calling everyone who buys an XP boost to fake gamer, but um that's what's happening in Marvel's Avengers. They are selling XP boosts uh which 
I understand like why some people who don't have as much time to play games would would buy an XP boost, but uh, apparently people are not happy about this. Tyler, is there any re? From your experience of Marvel's Avengers, is there any real benefit to having an XP boost? Does it really unlock just this this um, uh, this unreachable potential for people who can't pay for this? In my experience, I found leveling up to not be too difficult. However, I did not level up to like the highest levels. Um, and then there's also a few months ago, I think we there was a news story where basically, oh yeah, they made the game grindier. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, this does seem scummy. <laughs> and and changed how progression works and everything. So, in a game where the rewards aren't the greatest and it's super super grindy. Selling XP boost just, it seems a little gross, honestly, a little money grabby, and honestly, a little bit, that's a, that's mobile design, dude. Like, uh, that just doesn't make sense to me in a, in a big budget game like this. I understand, like you said, I understand how some people would maybe want them if you don't have a lot of time to play. Plus, you you just have that disposable income that you could throw around. I get that, but it just seems like the the overall design of this game is just off. Yeah, and it doesn't like, make sense. This, this feels especially scummy when you mentioned that like they kind of rebalanced the game in a way that would allow them to introduce this in a way that might be more effective. Yeah, um, and and all the people that have put in a lot of time and maybe they do enjoy the game and it doesn't matter. But if you put in a lot of time to grind all this stuff and get to high levels, just for them to turn around and one, make it harder to do it with maybe another character, but then two easier for other people. That would, that would kind of piss me off a little bit. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just, it's just kind of wild that they just, can't really seem to get some things right with this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point where, like, <laughs> I see Marvel's Avengers on Game Pass, and I'm like, I don't even know for that if, right. if I'm going to even, like, spend my time playing that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's grindy as hell and they want me to buy XP boosts. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like, I, I, I see some of this War for Wakanda stuff. I'm like, it, it seems cool, honestly, but I just... There's so many other things to play, and then just overall, I just didn't find the game that rewarding. Like, I liked the story, but that's about it. Mm. And, I don't know. It's fucking weird, man. Also, like, I don't think we talked about it last week because uh, it's more of an Xbox sort of story, but what do you make of Crystal helping out with uh, Perfect Dark? It's kind of kind of interesting, honestly. Yeah. Well, the, the the part the only part I really find interesting about it, like I think they are a great team for making a game like Perfect Dark because obviously they did multiple Tomb Raider games and those were really good. If you play Avengers as just like a campaign, it's not that bad. 
Um, so they have a lot of expertise there. I can understand that. Uh, bringing them in can also maybe understand bringing in a team like that, um, especially during a time where it's just hard to hire people for literally anything sort of thing uh, and just fill positions. Um, but like Crystal owns or Square Enix owns Crystal Dynamics and they're one of Square's biggest teams and they didn't have a new project to work on. Like, I find that kind of, kind of just that that relationship's just very interesting. That Square Enix is like, yeah, that's cool. Go go work on that instead of working on something for us. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's interesting overall. Yeah, I I I guess so. I I just I have this feeling that hey, uh, this this deal to do the Perfect Dark thing, it's a quick check. That's that's that, what that it, is. Too, it, it yeah. is. It's much faster to do that than to um, develop your own IP and do all right. the, that right. stuff. So it feels like this is something that's like eh, this. This might help help keep us afloat a little bit longer while we figure out what's next. Yeah, and I'm sure, <laughs> like Avengers lost a lot of money for Square. I'm sure taking a quick check like that plus. Game Pass money is uh, something they probably, it's kind of like a no-brainer for them. Yeah. You know. All right. Um, let's see. What we, we've got a lot of shit here. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Ubisoft's second crack at a Battle Royale here. Uh... You remember the first time they tried to do a Battle Royale? Yes. I don't even remember what that game's name is anymore. <laughs> Hyper... Space? Hyper... Hyperscape? Hyperscape. I almost said hyperspace, but I'm like, no, that's not right. Yeah, that game... Who the fuck's playing that game? Uh, maybe they decided that, hey, they just need Tom Clancy's help here. Um, bring him back from the grave, use his name on a ghost for Ghost Recon... And uh, just do a free-to-play battle royale in the Ghost Recon kind of kind of thing. I've played some of the Ghost Recon stuff. Um, I I think that game plays okay. I don't know, like I don't know if I want a battle royale from that. I I just I just don't know about this. Why why are they trying to do battle royale again? Right, so I think it's it's interesting. Ghost Recon Frontline is the title, and um, yeah, 102 players broken into uh, three teams, and it's more a little bit more objective based, um, kind of taking some inspiration from the Dark Zone and the Division, um, all sorts of stuff like that, um, you know progression class-based sort of things i uh i just find this to be a little generic in a way like and then also this game's free to play and so i'm just the recent tom clancy projects that have been announced by ubisoft so there's that x defiant game 
that Call of Duty like first person shooter that's going to be oh, free to play. Yeah, there's a free to play division game that's being made. There is a shared world Assassin's Creed game, which wouldn't surprise me if that's going to be free to play. Um, They've got their multiplayer Rainbow Six game. Yep, they got they're, that. Uh, well, they're all the, well. Siege is multiplayer, but they're right. um, kind of PVE game. Yep, yep. So that and that game kind of doesn't look too hot. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Skull and Bones ends up being free to play. I mean, we've heard rumors of that. And we've heard Ubisoft wanting to go free-to-play a lot more with a lot more of their titles. I just find it to be weird um, because I just feel like a lot of the Tom Clancy titles in particular that are being announced, no one is asking for. Like, I don't I don't know if like a, a, a Battle Royale Ghost Recon game will be good. And also the, the name just feels very very just generic to me as well so that and then a free-to-play division like the x defiant like who's asking for any of these titles could they be good sure i think there's there could be potential here and i think ghost recon you know ghost recon or the division are probably the two that i would point to as potential battle royale franchises for ubisoft because of all the the gadgets you can have in those games to focus on stealth at times. Um, you know, I I guess there's potential here. I just find this to be a little, a little strange. Especially because the last, like, mainline Ghost Recon game, Breakpoint, was, like, not good at all either. Yeah. So, like, it's going to... So, if, if you're a massive Ghost Recon fan and Battle Royale or this sort of game design in general just isn't your thing how long is it going to be until you get until we get that next ghost recon game that is what people like about the franchise yeah i don't i don't know man it's uh for me all ubisoft open world games are kind of the same to me like eh. it's something to chew chew on while you wait for like what you really want to play (laughs) <laughs> um, it's just like I it's it's kind of indiscernible for me like whether I'm walking around with swords and axes in Assassin's Creed or whether I'm like walking around with a gun in Ghost Recon or Far Cry like it's all like going to these point capturing points on the map um, doing some side quests maybe but like mm-hmm. it's really it 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 all feels a little bit samey to me, and I'm not saying they're wrong for doing that. There's a lot of people out there who, who like that kind of thing. It's not for me. Like I, I don't have enough time to play like a sixty to eighty hour open world game anymore. That's just not that's just not my life. Um, so to see Ghost Recon try to do a battle royale, it's interesting to me. I, I, I'm not necessarily asking for it. But it is different from what, like, different from a lot of the uh, other stuff they've done with, with the, just generally, like, with, with their games. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from, for sure. And I think that this has probably more potential than that X Defiant game or Hyperscape ever had. Um, just having Ghost Recon as, as the title is a huge thing, uh, honestly. 
Um, Ubisoft's such a weird company because it seems like when they try to do something big or change their philosophy, they do it with just about every title they have. So, like, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry really changed that company early on in, like, the PS3 360 generation, and then everything they did was just these open-world, go-here-do-that sort of titles. And we saw that continue for a long time, and now they want to shift more to free-to-play, so now they're doing... They're going to be doing free to play with <laughs> all their games. It's like it just—it's just weird how they take something and then they do it with all their franchises almost. And rather than just being more selective or creative and more diverse as a whole, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 they're a weird company in that way. But we'll see. We shall. Uh, I guess while we're on the topic of free games, uh, Sony is going to be testing out a new thing on the PlayStation 5 uh, where they're offering game trials. Um, You can play a few hours. Uh, It says here you can play a few hours of game before buying them. I don't know, man. It's, It's like, yeah, demo should exist. But, yeah, I... It's nice to see it return, like being able to try a game out before you buy it. Yeah, definitely. This and, and there's a couple things with this because I agree with you. I think having trials are is something that's very, very cool. Um, it's very consumer friendly. This was spotted in the UK and we've been seeing Sony trying different things in different like regions. You know, they had that whole um video streaming service in Poland, I think it is, for PlayStation Plus, and then this was spotted in the UK with Death Stranding and Sackboy of being able to do um, trials. What's bizarre about this, and very, very Sony-like to me, is Death Stranding, you get six hours, and that six hours includes download time. So, that game is like 70 gigs almost. Mm. If you have shitty internet and it takes multiple hours to download the game, uh, you might only be left with a few hours to play, or if any at all, if you have bad internet. That's a very strange move to me. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like those trials, like, if you have to pare it down to, like, say, four hours, but those four hours are guaranteed, like, a gameplay, mm-hmm. like, that would be a much better way to go. Yes. I agree. And I also think it would be cool if if this became a thing across the PlayStation Network where you can try anything um, as a trial, but it's, like, developer or publisher-specific. Like, it's up to them. Like, if your game is short, maybe you only allow an hour to play or something like that to try something out. But, you know, if the game is long, like Death Stranding or something, maybe it is a few hours. Um, That could be very cool, but it's just a very Sony thing to include download time Yeah, in that. (laughs) So, I don't know. We'll see for sure. I wonder 
if we'll be able to get a free trial of whatever Jade Raymond is working on, because it sounds kind of out there to me. Um, she has said that she wants to include social elements and user-generated content. Uh, and here's a quote. So, that the studio wants to create an IP that takes a self-expression and remix concept to the next level. What the hell does that mean? What, what, do, we, what do we need... Why do we need user-generated content? How about you... <laughs> Just make the game. I want to play the game you make. I don't want to play the game that other players make. That's... So... There's Mario Maker. Or Dreams. Or Dreams. Like, those things exist. Are you going to do another one of those? It doesn't sound like your forte. That doesn't sound like what you've done in the past. Yeah. I think it's it would also be weird only because Sony has one of these sort of titles already. Yeah. In Dreams that they seemingly don't support as much as they should. Like, why is that game not on PC and why is it not on PS5 as like a native version? That doesn't make any sense. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of weird to me. Um... User, I feel like user-generated content sort of games are just really hard to nail, and they're really hard to market, and, and like, you kind of got to catch lightning in a bottle with them, in a way. Yeah, and like there are a shit ton of challenges that you introduce when like that's going to be what you're relying on. Like, yeah. how do you highlight what you want people to see? Like, how do you curate this kind of stuff? How do you make sure that it doesn't just turn into some weird porno shit? <laughs> um, because you know the internet is poisoned. People's brains are disturbed. And uh, we can't trust anyone. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just... It's, yeah, it's. I, th I think it's going to be very fascinating to see what this team comes up with. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Almost as weird as Yakuza. Tyler, how excited are you to hear that Yakuza Like a Dragon is going to have a sequel? I am very, very excited about that. Give me more. This news comes despite the fact that uh, it has been confirmed that Toshihiro Nagoshi is uh, is, is leaving. Um, we, we've known he's had an offer to join, I think, NetEase, right? Um, yes, but they're going to continue on. There, there are still people at the studio who are interested in making another Yakuza like a dragon. I imagine it's going to continue with Ichiban. It's going to keep being a turn-based game, like they they've said they're going to do with the Yakuza franchise going forward. I, I'm, I'm happy about this. I am very happy about this. I think Ichiban's real fucking cool. I think we should get a sequel. Yes. Yep, I agree. And I think it would be smart, too, to make a sequel because I feel like this franchise just keeps growing, you know, everywhere in popularity and especially in North America. And What uh, if Ichiban comes to America ooh. and it's like a Borat game <laughs> oh with Ichiban? God. Oh, God. I don't know if I want a Borat game, but I I'd be down with just Ichiban coming to America. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I think Like a Dragon is it's such a great game, and there's so much more that can be done with that that game too. Like it just played really well. It was really creative, and and I just yeah, it was just it was a lot of fun. The story was fantastic. I think we were talking last week about you know what our game of the year front runners are, and honestly. Yakuza Like a Dragon is probably the best game I've played this year, if we're not talking 2021 games. Mm. Um, so I'm really, really pleased that, you know, they've they've practically announced the sequel in a way. Yeah, I, I think that... I think that Yakuza is so big now that, like, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, but I... I I trust them because even though like Yakuza is big, they've also got Lost Judgment. They've got they put out Lost Judgment this year. They've still got the Judgment series. Who knows how far that goes because of all the drama with uh, talent agencies? But like, I feel like there are still people there who want to make goofy, cool stuff um, and do this mix of like this high intensity drama with with the goofs. Um, and I I, I kind of trust them to uh, to to do good by by their uh, IP. Yeah. Yeah. How many how many games like do you think um, Ichiban's going to be like the next Kiryu for this franchise? Like, do you think we'll end up getting oh God. a Ichi- lot of titles out of them? Ichiban's vibes are so different from Kiryu. I'm not sure. That no, I mean, the... I mean, but yeah, I do. You know, you know I do see. I do see Ichiban <laughs> being like the main character, being yeah. the the thing that glues it all together. Right. Um, yeah, I I can I can definitely see that. I feel like he's so loved by everybody that it would be kind of dumb to uh, not make him the name or the main character for the next game or two at least. Mm. You know. Yeah. See where that goes, but yeah. Speaking of main characters, Randy Pitchford <laughs> <laughs> always wants to be the main character. Looks like he's he's moving he's moving sideways within gear Gearbox a little bit. Uh, he's he's not going to. They're reorganizing the leadership at Gearbox. He's 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 not going to be. Let me see here. Let me just get this straight. Oh man. It seems like it seems to me he's not going to be as uh as upfront as as he used to be. Um shit, man. It's why can't yeah. these stories just be fucking simple be like, "Yo, he was doing this, now he's going to do this." Um Damn. Yeah, it seems like he's kind of maybe stepping aside, not at Gearbox specifically, but is going to focus on different things with Gearbox and within Gearbox um, rather than, you know, run the whole whole games team. Dude, corporate structures are so such shit to try to read through. <laughs> right. Try to figure out who does what anywhere is it's a real son of a bitch. Right. And it it's probably I mean part of this kind of restructuring probably comes down to the whole Embracer group um merger that kind of went on 
with them. Um, so basically, Randy Pitchford's still in charge of Gearbox, but within Gearbox, they have several different sort of divisions. So someone else mm. runs publishing, someone runs their software side, and then Randy's still in charge of the studio side. But Gearbox Software, I think, is their their games team. You know, mostly yeah. Bethesda, you know, has their own games team. Um, and I think that's that's what Randy's kind of stepping aside from a little bit. And Steve Jones is going to, to be uh, heading that up. Um, while Randy does other things, like, hey, maybe movies. Yeah. There's is, that do, movie. Is Randy Pitchford <laughs> going to be in the Borderlands movie? Oh, I, I'm sure in some way. How oh, could he? How how fuck. could he not be? That's going to be a disaster. Um, yeah, he's going to be more involved with things beyond video games, like movie and TV projects. He's going to make sure you can get your uh, your. Uh, oh man, what's what's her? What, what's her? What's the big titty girl's name? The Mox. Moxie. Moxie. Yeah. He's going to make sure you can get your Moxie blow-up doll. Yeah, why not? <laughs> God. He's probably pitched that. Actually, <laughs> I bet he'll show up in the Borderlands movie doing a magic trick. Maybe maybe throughout that adventure in the movie, they run into the, him to like get some information for something, but he's doing a magic trick instead. Because, you know... Randy's all Randy's all about his magic. No. 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 Here's what I want Randy Pitchford to do in the movie. Get shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, sure. Maybe after he does a magic trick. Yeah. Alright. Let's see. We got a couple of things left here. I guess we'll stick with studio talk here because it looks like Eidos Montreal is trying something new. Um, they're moving to a four-day work week, which sounds pretty fucking rad. I'm not going to lie. Working 32 hours a week sounds pretty decent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're going yeah. to 32 hours a week, not like four 10-hour days or something like that. Um. Or you know how some studios work, like you're working every day until it's done. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, basically, it sounds like they're saying nobody is taking any salary cuts because of this either. Um, and it sounds like what they're trying to do is decrease the amount of time people are working per week to kind of just make it a little bit better, period. I mm -hmm. mean... And let's be honest with you, let's be honest, a lot of times, in a 40-hour work week, you're not really working all 40 hours. Yeah. You know, there's probably times where you're in unnecessary meetings or doing whatever, and, um, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe you're really only working 32 to 36 hours during the week. It, it happens, and it sounds like they're trying to be a lot more focused of saying, like, these 32-hour uh, work weeks that we have are going to be very, very productive. We're not going to be in those unnecessary meetings, which happens all the time in the corporate world, um, all sorts of stuff. And whatever, if this helps, 
I'm very curious how this will turn out for them because if if this helps increase the productivity or creativity and just the overall health of their team, that's a good thing. But on the flip side, I'm curious how it works because games are very hard to make and they oftentimes uh, just require extra time, you know? And if you're losing a day, how is that going to affect you know, their production. I'm sure they they will be working this into their overall schedules and everything, but um, what basically what happens when it comes down to the finish line, you know, and are they still going to just be doing 32-hour weeks sort of thing? I'm, I'm curious overall how this is going to change when they start to try to ship a game. Yeah, and I think there is something to be said for, like, um working fewer hours and maybe just being more focused in that time and that maybe maybe it'll actually cut down on mistakes and maybe that finish yeah. line doesn't look as daunting because you ha- you didn't fuck up as much um just based like due to like exhaustion or whatever um i i i think that it is i'm not sure about the studies but like there is a certain point like when you're working where like you're just not at peak performance Yes, you're just 100%. you're just not there. Like you need to take breaks. You need, and potentially maybe some of that is just working less hours during the week. Um, and so that the time you are spending working, like you are just getting more done. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and 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 maybe too, like you know, video games being a creative job. Um you know, just working less might just keep your team a lot more creative rather than pushing them and having them work extra hours or something like that. And, and, you know, you fucking hit a roadblock or something. I don't know. It it can happen. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like sometimes the best thing when you're like facing a problem is just walk away from it for a little while. Yeah. Um, and maybe this will allow them to do that. Yeah. Hey, uh, Frank here. Um, we're going to actually have to end the show there um, because of some technical difficulties we ran into uh, with the uh, exporting of this recording. So, yeah, bummer. Um, we did have some other things we talked about, but you know, none of it's really that important to get back together and try to re-record the last, what, 20 minutes to half an hour of the episode. So we're just going to leave it here. Um We'll catch you all next time. You know where to find us. You know how to get to us. Um, Everything's in the show notes. So, yeah, just uh, check it out there. And uh, we'll hopefully be back next week with with a regular show that doesn't get fucked up by all kinds of different technical things. Um, But, yeah, thanks for for listening. Uh, We'll catch you next time.